Hello, hello. Welcome to the Tutors of Life podcast. I am your host, Sean Tudor. And co-host, Sam. Well, Sam was pulling on my heartstrings today talking about finances and budgeting, and she decided it'd be time to make a podcast about it. So here we go. Sam, what do you have to think about today's topic? Well, I'm surprised it took uh, to the second podcast to talk about this. It's my favorite thing to talk about. He talks about it every single day at home to me. For hours a day. Hours. So, let's get into it. Um, What is the first thing you would like to talk about finances today? Budgeting, I always start with breaking down your income. So, breaking it down into a percentage or an amount, depending on if you're salary or if you're hourly. And then that would determine how the budget's going to go from there. So, we kind of have it nice. I'm hourly, your salary. Yep. But we both do it percentage-wise. Correct. So, mine varies a little bit, but yours stays the same every week. Mm Mm-hmm. So, what do we do for our percentages? So, our percentages are broken down like this. We have 60% of our take-home pay goes to bills. We have 30% of our take-home pay go to investing, and 10% of our take-home pay goes to fun slash vacations. Mm-hmm. So that 60%, is that all going to bills? Like, does our bills equal 60%? No, no. So that 60% has to be for paying down debt. All the bills you currently have or are going to get, any daily, weekly spending money, um, that's for new clothes, new shoes, that's for going to the movies, going out to dinner, that all falls into the 60% category. Mm, So part of that, Sean and I each have our own weekly spending money that we put in our wallets every week. Mm -hmm. Um. And with that, it's kind of nice because we can spend it on really whatever we do want. And at the end of the week, whatever we have left over, we each stockpile it. And that is our spending money for our upcoming vacation. Yeah, it's just a little extra to add on to our fun money. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of nice. It really does. It really has helped me not spend as much money because I want to be able to go do more on our vacations. Mm-hmm. And and we have it as that money we get for a weekly allowance per se is cash. So you almost try to go the whole week without spending that cash. Mm-hmm. So what do we take out cash for? So cash we take out for our, uh, our groceries. Mm-hmm. And then we take out cash for our weekly spending. And then we take out cash for our, well, we transfer the money for our fund money. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really only have cash for groceries and for fun money. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or our weekly spending money, sorry. So what kind of tips would you give? Because, like, I know when I have extra money in my bank account, yeah. I always think, like, I just want to spend it. Yep. So what are some tips to, like, other people to not spend that, like, extra bill money that they have in there? So Sam and I have... <clears throat> this. So anyone who's, in a, a, who's a couple in a relationship that um, is engaged or married have a joint account for all your you should have a joint account for all your bills so sam and i we transfer our 60 percent. so we each have our own personal bank account but we transfer 60 percent. as soon as that check hits 
we transfer that 60% to our joint account. And so that way it is not in your account anymore. Then we transfer our 30% to a separate bank account or savings account, which Sam and I just put it all in Robinhood right now. Mm -hmm. um, and then the 10% we transfer to a joint savings account. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of nice because it's a bank account I don't look at often. So I never just think like, oh, I have all this money I could be spending. Like, I don't look at that bank account really ever. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty, the pretty key point to this is you have to have multiple bank accounts and where this money goes, you don't really want to look at it. I mean, you can look at your budgeting money, but you don't want to be looking at the money you're saving necessarily, um, especially for vacations, because you want that thing to just build up so you can have fun extravagant mm -hmm. vacations mm -hmm. and if the i mean economy was doing a little bit better um we both do have ally savings accounts mm. but we haven't been really using those lately because their percentage is just down the drains right now yeah i think they're below one percent now or they might be at one percent something no it, i think they're at like 0.3 percent oh wow yeah because when we first got them they're at 2.25 percent i think mm -hmm. um so we would just put all of our saving investing money in those accounts not that that's a drastic amount but hopefully that matches inflation or close to it mm -hmm. um so you're getting a little return on your money compared to just parking it in a savings account right and otherwise i mean our investing so right now we're just investing into stocks but eventually down the road we want to We'll probably pull out money we've made through stocks to buy a flipper house or any kind of house, I think, for a rental property or something. Yeah, any sort of rental. I mean, yeah, we're taking advantage of the stock market right now because with COVID, stocks went down. So there's a lot of recovery stocks that still aren't anywhere near what their 52-week high was. So we're parked in those stocks until they get back up till. Pretty much till COVID's figured out and those companies are operating at full capacity again. And that would be the time that we'd look at selling out because that's hopefully when those companies will be back up towards their actual value. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For sure. So what other finance, so besides budgeting, what else do you do people need to know about finances? Well, so once you have the budgeting aspect down, you ha you can look into the investing portion of it. Um, and then you can also look into financial freedom. Freedom. Mm -hmm. What is, I don't know if you're going to remember this. What is one thing you always tell me about money? Make your money work for you. Don't work for your money. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make your money work for you. Don't work for your money. That's a huge one. Um, and that goes right into financial freedom, which is one of my favorite things in the world yeah but i mean we're not there yet no no we're still not there we're working there um and i think that's a goal for everyone to work towards because who wouldn't want that mm -hmm. um so what that is if anybody doesn't know what financial freedom is i just at least my term definition for it is financial freedom is receiving more money in passive income so income that you're not working for then you spend a month in expenses. So it would be for Sam and I, if we could get, well, when we get our passive income from rental properties or dividends from my company, whatever, to equal 
more than our 60% we put into our account every paycheck to pay for our bills, we will have entered financial freedom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I like to think of it, I mean, by pretty much, I mean, one, I think, huge part to some people for that is not having any debt. I mean, you don't necessarily have to be that way, but um, that his or her money podcast we were listening to, I mean, they thought of financial freedom of having no debt, which yeah, for them, good good on them. But mm-hmm. if, oh man, if we didn't have debt, our expenses would be so little. Very little. Minuscule. Mm-hmm. So Probably, be, I think we calculated out it was like $1,100 a month. Yeah, something like It was like that. really, really dumb because mm-hmm. we live very cheap. Very cheap. And that was actually like with quite a bit of spending money still, I think. Yeah, that was with the same amount of spending money we take uh, a week now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, financial freedom, it can mean different to different people. But, I mean, our goal is to pretty much still have our mortgage, but have our passive income exceed what our mortgage and other things are. Yeah, we have a, I mean, we took advantage of the COVID the situation here and we refinanced our house at a 2.25% interest rate. So it really doesn't make sense for us to pay down our mortgage. It, um, it just, it's not really costing us a lot to, to make the minimum payments on it. Mm-mm. Especially because, I mean, we have two roommates. Mm-hmm. So that helps quite a bit. They I mean, pay for three quarters of the mortgage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's been helpful. Yeah, definitely. So we talked about, let's see, your budget. Mm-hmm. And then investing, so part of your budget. Mm-hmm. So, like, what do you budget out your vacations to? Yeah. So everything has a budget, essentially. So... Our vacation, depending on what we do, say you want to go to Hawaii and you've saved up six months of your fun money, okay? Say in your six months of fun money between you and your partner, you have saved up, I think it would be around like, I don't know, say household income of a hundred grand, six months of 10%, um, I don't know math at all, would be around uh, six grand, right? Not quite six grand, it'd be like five grand. Yeah, I think so. You'd have around five grand. Um, so just shooting at five grand. So now you have to budget out a trip to Hawaii. So the plane tickets, the hotel room, um, if you have to rent a car there or not, um, the activities you're going to do there, food, Mm -hmm. um, and you have to budget that all into that five thousand dollar realm. So, what are some like money saving tips for vacations, do you think? Oh. Oh, so yeah, um, don't think that you have to fly the nicest airline. Um, if you're taking a flight within the U.S., um, some countries can do a one-way ticket a lot of the time for like under $100. Oh, yeah. And then another thing is book your tickets on Tuesdays, I think it is, because airline tickets are the cheapest on Tuesdays. I don't know why. That's just how they are, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a couple ways. So really, first, I mean, usually the biggest portion is airfare. So look at the airfare and how to get that. And do like the, the plus and minus like three days of like when you want to leave and when you want to return. Because that really shows you like what's the t- cheapest day to leave and the cheapest day to come back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's your realm. Yeah. Yeah, talk I'm... about your realm. Your realm. In <laughs> yeah, the... I guess I'm the one that books all of our vacations. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So one, I mean, one thing I saw on TikTok, love that, was to like look for plane tickets in incognito mode. And even then, mm. we actually experienced it where we were looking at plane tickets to Las Vegas, found them for super cheap. It was like... $30, I think. $30 per ticket. Yeah. And it wouldn't let me buy them the day we were going to. So I was like, oh, I'll just wait till tomorrow. And then the next day, they jumped up like 60 bucks. Yeah, so there was $90 a ticket then. Mm-hmm. And it was... I mean, I was pretty upset because I literally had my card information in and it just wouldn't go through. I think I clicked it like three times and I was like, well, I don't want my card to get, you know, somehow withdrawn this many times. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the next day they bumped up. And it was weird because, like, I would look at it, like, in the calendar view and it would show that it was $30 for that day. But once I clicked on it, it was like $90. So even then, it still can get you. Mm-hmm. So I would say if you're going to, like, buy plane tickets... Like, don't look for them ahead of time. Like, if you have the money to buy them, buy them that day because who knows? Like, just the them seeing that you've been looking for them, it may bump up the cost of them. Or look for them on, like, a public computer or something. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, try incognito mode because I think it ended up working, like, from our phone, different phones because I ended up getting the price right when I used my laptop compared to when Sam was on her phone. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean... Using someone else's Computers. electronic device, yeah, to, mm-hmm. to do it. Or a VPN, I think. Yeah, use a be. VPN. That'll help, too. Mm-hmm. Um, another good thing is instead of getting, like, a hotel, I mean, if you get, like, a home shoe suites or something that has a kitchenette, mm-hmm. or if you do Airbnb, get something with a kitchen because then you can, like, cook your own food at, like, your house, which will save so much money. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you can budget for going out to dinner a couple of the times but you don't need to be going out to eat for every single meal no and when you do that on vacation you usually feel like crap anyway so you can't enjoy yourself as much Mm -hmm. at least that's me so i like to eat most of my meals on vacation healthy or cook them so that way i feel good to have fun on vacation because i'm not used to eating out Mm -hmm. a lot of meals i'm used to eating out a couple times a week so if i do it multiple times a day i just feel awful Mm mm-hmm Another, I mean, good thing about planning for vacations is be flexible on where you want to go because, we uh, again, recently we're looking at plane tickets to Europe and mm-hmm. plane tickets to London were $1,000, yep. which maybe that's because they're shut down, but who knows. And then plane tickets to uh, Dublin mm-hmm. were $450. Yep. And then we even did look. We could get a flight from Dublin to london if we wanted for like 30 bucks a piece yeah it was it it, the math didn't even add up it really did not (laughs) but i mean so be flexible about where you want to go i mean if you have a lower budget then look for places that fit your budget more really Mm -hmm. so yeah this year we're gonna go to dublin for four days because the plane tickets were 450 dollars, and we want to go to europe so we're doing the cheap route and going to dublin Mm mm-hmm and that'll give us more money that we can spend on doing activities there um, so we can see more of Ireland um, that way. Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, we would spend an extra five or extra $1,000 on tickets to go to London. Well, that's $1,000 less we can spend on activities and stuff while we're there. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I mean, that's really all I care about for budget with vacation money. Yeah, I mean, it's up to you on like what you enjoy doing when you're there. Um, 
that'll that'll depend on your budget for the activities you're doing um so i mean as long as you're conscious of like make sure if you're getting a hotel or airbnb look at like google maps for the neighborhood you're going because we found this really cool airbnb down in fort lauderdale and then we wound up in the ghetto and we couldn't leave the airbnb at night because we were in the ghetto um, yeah, there was cop cars out in front of the oh, yeah. Airbnb. The, what was that the first night? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's really cool. Like, we, it was a lot cheaper than the other ones in the area, um, but there's a reason for that. So, make sure to Google Maps or look around the area where you're booking. And then, so look for reasonable priced Airbnbs or hotels. Mm-hmm. Look for, or if you have a friend in that area, stay with your friend. We travel to a lot of places that our friends are at so we can stay there for free. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes the trip a lot better, too, because then you get to hang out with friends. And then plane tickets, make sure you're shopping around plus or minus three days. Mm-hmm. And then being cognizant of what kind of food you're eating, if you got a kitchenette or anything like that, to save some money in that realm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we, because we're going to Las Vegas uh, on the 27th of January. I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but we'll be in Vegas then. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, I think we're going to just take pretty much cash for all of our spending money down there. We're not going to worry about having our cards on us. Like we'll probably keep them in the hotel rooms the whole time just because our budget is what we have in cash right now. Mm-hmm. And gambling's fun. So you don't want to give yourself the temptation to be able to pull out more money and do things like that. Mm-hmm. So if you have a set budget going down, bring it in cash. Then once you're up with that cash, well, you're kind of screwed, man. Mm-hmm. So what else What else do you got? Like we kind of went on a vacation tangent. Right vacation, there, well, yeah, vacation's <laughs> fun. I mean, that's the whole point, right? So the whole budgeting thing, you could hate your life and save that 10%, and you could double down on saving, investing, paying off debt, and never take a vacation, then you're going to get burned out in a couple years, and then it's all going to go down the drain. Um, so, I mean, I th- I think, and I know a lot of people that like to enjoy the now. So, mm-hmm. instead of hating your life completely, budget out to have fun. Um, so, that way, Sam and I, we have scheduled out four-day vacations, like, every month. I think just about. Just about every month this year, we have little four-day like getaways um so just be a thursday through sunday getaway Mm -hmm. almost every month Mm -hmm. so it's just a little like fresh reset and it's all going to fall within our fun budget and if it can't fit in that um luckily for sam and i i really enjoy working and doing a lot of odds and ends jobs so if i need to make extra money to go somewhere i'll just do some handyman jobs and make a few extra bucks to make it happen. Mm, and I can always work overtime, which that's what I'm doing this week, so I don't have to go into my PTO too much next week while we're gone. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, there's definitely ways to work around being able to do those fun things and not hating life. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's, a, it's all a trade-off. But the big thing is you never tap in to that 60% for your budgeting you never tap into that to have fun. Mm-mm. And then your 30%, you never tap into that for anything. That's for investing and saving only. Mm-hmm. The only time where that 60% can be adjusted is if you have all your debts paid down 
and this is all based on like the percentages you set for yourself. Um, but we chose 60%. So once you have that 60% and you have all your debts, like all your debts paid down, they're paid off, then you realize, holy man, our only bill is, our, our bills are only equivalent to 30% of our draws. Then you adjust it to 30% is for budgeting. And then you could do 60% investing, mm -hmm. 10% for fun, mm -hmm. or you could do 20% for fun, 40% investing, or 50% investing, 50% yeah, investing, um, and 30% for bills. Yes. And so the big thing is those categories are for those categories and those categories only. Once you reach certain milestones, you can adjust it. But the key thing is, if you have debts like a car, a credit card, um, personal lines of credits of any sort, a mortgage with a high interest rate, all that stuff, pound that out with your 60%, get that stuff paid down, invest and save money, and then that can lead into becoming financially free. Mm -hmm. And like a good way to start, I think, would just be listing out all your bills, putting how much each one of them are, and like for electric and water, I mean, you can just guesstimate. Mm -hmm. And then just seeing what that total number is. And then you can decide from there, like, oh... It's, I don't know, 50% of my income, so I need to budget 50% to bills. I mean, so that's a, it's a very easy way to just start budgeting is looking at all your bills, seeing how much they are like total and compare it to how much you make. Mm -hmm. And if you do that and you notice that what you spend is more than what you make, then you're going to need to make a lifestyle change. Mm -hmm. You're going to need to see where your spending's going and how you can adjust that. So you're going to have to look at, I mean, number one, grocery bill or eating out bill. Sam and I, I think, I mean, we, we bulk purchase all of our meat and then we go and spend like 30 to $40 a week at Aldi's. Um, so granted, we probably eat like six, seven pounds of beef a week seven pounds of beef a week oh yeah between me you and me Mia. Yeah. yeah seven pounds of beef a week and so that's at you know 330 a, a pound so you know 25 bucks a week in beef mm -hmm. and then our say 40 dollars so we spend 65 bucks a week for salmon i'd eat mm. and so i mean that's pretty cheap yeah, that's real cheap. Yeah, because we know people who will set like a hundred fifty dollar, two hundred dollar budget a week for food. I mean, we also eat pretty plain food. Yeah, we just eat very similar things every week. Um, but we got a little more adventurous once your mom moved in. Yeah, she helps us eat more adventurous, but which was adding vegetables to our dinners. <laughs> yeah, I eat vegetables now, so I'm the epitome of health. Or as Sam would say, the epitome of health. Yes, definitely. No, it's epitome. Yeah. Um. So anyways, we'll go in. So from budgeting, right? The whole goal with budgeting is to become debt free or close to it. Because if you don't have debts and all you have is manageable bills, then we can look at taking that money that we are saving for investing and we can become financially free. Mm-hmm how we would go about doing that, right? You pay down your debts, 
you're looking once you get everything paid down that you can live on 50% of your income. Okay, you live on 50% of your income. You're saving 30%. You've been saving 30%, and now you have 10% or 20% for fun. Okay, then we're going to look at buying things that give you passive income, things that give you a monthly income that you do not have to work for. So the easiest of them all is cash flowing real estate. What other options are there? Business. Uh, yeah. Stocks, stocks with dividend options. That's quarterly, but mm -hmm. it's still dividend options. Do we have one of those? Yep. Oh. Ikegi. Yeah. It's sweet. Yeah. Just a poor performing stock that all of a sudden, boom. Oh, I made $350 off it. And I was like, that's cool. So I bought more of that stock. So... I think it gave me like a 10% return. Yeah. It was something pretty good. Yeah. every Yeah. It, the quarterly dividends like 10% return. So I was like, um, okay. I, I think I bought like four times the amount of it. Because I think this is the coolest thing ever. I should buy more into that one. Yeah. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. How do you find out if they have the dividends? You, 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 it just appears someday and you're like, oh, that's cool. You know, I'm sure there's a way. But we don't know. I'm sure there's a way. Look, I'm sure if you Googled companies that do dividends... Quarterly dividends, it'll tell you. Maybe we'll discuss that in a future podcast. Yeah, maybe we'll look into it, but we don't care enough. So, I mean, any of those options, right? So, stock dividend, st stock options that have dividends, quarterly dividends. A business that you start that gives you passive income from the business running. Um, or a business that you're a partner in, anything like that. I mean, that one might take a little bit longer to get to, but... It's an option. Yeah, but it's also a lot more lucrative. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, if you take a few extra years to get that thing, then you can be making 10x the amount. As long as your business doesn't fail. You got to make a successful business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other option, right, the most common option, the easiest option, I believe, would be cash flowing real estate. Mm -hmm. And that could be a single family, a multifamily, um, fourplex, eightplex, 16 unit literally anything you can think of real estate even like storage a, units i was gonna say yeah we've even seen like plots of land with garages on them and people rent those out oh yeah yeah so you, someone like has a shop that they rent out mm -hmm. um yeah land people rent out land that's true yeah. commercial space i mean we're pretty we're kind of unlucky being in eau claire because eau claire is a very poppin place right now <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to get cash flowing, like good cash flowing real estate here. However, you can also charge more in rents than the surrounding area because it is Eau Claire. That is true. You definitely can. Mm -hmm. um, Sean and I have been more Sean than me, but I like to put my name on it. We've been trying to find cash flowing properties for three months now, four months. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Mm -hmm. it, it's been... Yeah. They, I mean, they're they're there, but they're not a really good return. Not good enough for me to want to invest in right now. Um, and so we will just keep saving until we find the right deals. Mm -hmm. But I mean... How... What qualifies as a good deal? Uh, the easiest metric to go off of is the 1% rule. So for every... $10,000 you spend or every $10,000 of a purchase price of a property, you need to receive $100 a month in rent. Mm -hmm. So if you purchase something for $100,000, you're 
you need to receive a thousand dollars a month in rent and typically if you look for at least the one percent rule that will cover mortgage that'll cover escrow that'll cover property management fees and that'll cover cap capital expenditures which is like big thing purchases like roof um, furnace things like that and then should also cover general maintenance so if you look for a one percent rule that's usually a pretty safe metric to go off of. And that includes if you have to do any renovations. So like if you bought yes. it for 80000 needed to put 20000 in, yes. then it, you have to go off that 100000 Yes. And then there's also the return on cash though. And so if you're looking for a rate of return on cash and you have a property at 80000 mm-hmm. so an $80,000 property you're putting around Sixteen, seventeen thousand dollars down. If you're doing twenty percent, right? Then you need to do twenty thousand in rentals. Mm-hmm. You have to keep in mind, depending on how much you value your cash, which should be a lot, that you have to look at the return on investment of thirty-six thousand dollars now. So what does that mean? Like, when I sell it, I need to make sure I get thirty-six thousand dollars in cash. No, that would mean so. If you pull out your calculator, calculator and do a calculation, you go. I have $36,000 into this. How long will it take from me receiving $1,000 a month in rent? So the cash flow over that, so say for Simple Man's, whatever, we get $100 a month in cash flow. So it would take 36 months. No. 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 360 months? It would take 360 months. (laughs) Mental math. Yeah. (laughs) So you have to look at your return on that money. So you put $36,000 in. Mm -hmm. You get $100 a month cash flow from that project. It's going to take you 360 months to get that cash back out of it. That is not a good return. That's 30 years. That's a long time. Oh, man. Okay, I didn't think about that. Not a good investment. No. But what you can do is then you have equity in a house. So say you put that money in there, you now have equity in that house. So that could be good for leveraging properties. So you have, allowing you to get more debt. You could refinance that property and take that cash out of that property. So say you bought it for 80, you put 20 grand into it. That property can value around 130,000, you're going to be able to get the majority of your money you put in back out of the deal. Mm-hmm. As you know, cuz you can refinance cash out up to typically standard is 80% of the house's value. Mm-hmm. Um 75 to 80%. Sometimes people can get crazy and get up to like 90, but it's pretty uncommon so far. You know, s- typical standard 80%, you'll be able to get that money back. Mm-hmm. So why do you care so much about finances? Oh, man, I don't know. I think it's really fun. I I love the idea that, I number one, I don't have to work for someone else, okay? So like if you're financially free, if you do all this stuff to become financially free, you do not have to work for someone else. You don't have to work, period. You can, because you're living for free, okay? So... Now, you're living for free, you could quit your job, you don't have to work for anyone, and then you could start your own business. Or, say you want to work for someone, say you enjoy that, you can go work for them. Then one day, your boss pisses you off, and you go, hey man, 
I don't need this job. And then they keep pissing you off and giving you a lot of work. You can just quit, not be afraid to get another, like worried how you're going to pay the bills because the bills are being paid from your passive income. And then you can just get a job you like and enjoy and get more passive income from that money you make. That's just why finance is the coolest thing to me because it's all in your court. Every decision you make in life is on you. So if you're handed the golden key to your own life, which you are when you turn 18, okay, you get to choose what you do. So if you want to take finances very seriously, then you can become financially free. You could be a millionaire if you want very easily. And you can just jones anywhere you want. You can do whatever you want. If you enjoy working, you can work. If you enjoy sitting on the beach, you can go sit on the beach. You can do whatever you want. Okay. Yeah, I guess that that really shows why it's so important, doesn't it? I mean, we've been lucky. You and I have always been very money conscious. And I don't know if it's because, like, I, I don't know why it is that way. But, like, ever since I was in, like, college... I've always been very money conscious. And I had so little money in college. And I did incredible things with that little money I made. That's one thing I like to point out to a lot of people who they're able to pay their way through college or they're able to like survive college making 15000 a year. They can live on that fine. They can still go out and party most nights. And what did we do? Uh, what, our second to last year of college? We went to Asia. Oh, yeah, we went to Asia. Yeah, we went on a big vacation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, it was just to go on the vacation. It was like 3200 or something. Yep. And you, at the time, started your business and had no income. I had no money. And somehow you were able to save $3,200 for that. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, I worked. So I paid a oh, lot of Oh, I bills. sold a lot of weight equipment. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sell the stuff you have. No, I bought weight equipment with a credit card. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. yeah, yeah. No, so no. I got a credit card, bought a bunch of weight equipment that was on sale, then sold all the weight equipment with my business partner, Ryan, paid off my credit card. Then I could go to Asia because I bought and sold a bunch of weight equipment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got a real good deal on that weight equipment. Yeah. But yeah, so, I mean, you did that. I mean, I worked and paid for all of our living expenses and then paid for my trip. Yep. And we had a blast. And we had so much money for that trip. Or no, you and I like survived on like $200 each or something. Yeah, we brought like $400 combined and this on an 18-day trip yeah. in Asia. <laughs> and we survived on that because we went to the dang markets. Oh, uh, yeah. And we were at the little markets where you could eat a meal for three bucks a meal. Three U.S. dollars. Three U.S. dollars a meal. While everyone else is going to these fancy restaurants, paying 20 bucks a meal, Sam and I are like, yo, we just had really good food at the, the food market for three bucks. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, good times. We also Great were times. on a cruise ship, so that did help. Yeah, I mean, for nine days, yeah. eight days, we were on the cruise, so we got free food. That I mean, that that helped so much. I, we probably spent no money. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, little to, to no that, yeah. money. So. <laughs> uh, good times. So it fun. goes to show that... You can make very little money, and if you're smart with what you spend it on, you can go on extravagant vacations. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it just goes, I mean, to, to the point I was making before, 
If you can live on that in college, why can't you live on that now that you're an adult? What changed in your life now that you're a big boy or big girl and you now have to live off your full salary? Mm-hmm. Nothing. You just increased your quality of life to match your spending, which is not what you should do mm-hmm. if you want to be financially free. If you enjoy living paycheck to paycheck, you enjoy having debts, you enjoy stressing about money and you know how, how you're going to pay the bills, then by, if you enjoy that, by all means do that. I, I don't want to tell you to do something different if you enjoy that. Um, but if you would enjoy financial freedom, you would enjoy being able to say if you're going to work or not, mm-hmm. what you're going to do for work, how you could just go down and work at a Dairy Queen because you like eating ice cream all day long. And uh, it doesn't matter because mm-hmm. you're living for free. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we know someone who he worked for you, or works for you, I should say, but kept his other job because... He got free food. Oh, he's an OG. Yeah, he works one day a week at his other job because his other job gives him free food. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, hey, man, don't ever give that up. Yeah, like, so we scheduled around that other job for him because we're like, that's the smartest thing ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that dude's genius. He is a genius. Mm -hmm. But yeah, what else about finances do you care about, Sean? Really, the financial freedom aspect is just the the number one there's a game called the cash flow quadrant rat race i think something by robert kiyosaki it's my favorite board game nobody else it it's like nobody else's favorite board game that i play with but it's my favorite board game i play with you all the time yeah but it's not your favorite i mean no it's not my favorite board game is the game of life by the way Uh, do i know that game You've never played the game of life? I don't know what that is. Oh my god. So anyways, the rat race cash flow quadrant game is the best game you could play. It teaches it teaches you a lot about finances and how to that not all passive income is good passive income. Because there was one time Sean and I played and he bought probably cuz you get to buy like rental properties. And you bought almost every property you could get, and you couldn't get enough passive income. Yeah, so the whole point of the game, the whole point of the game is to get out of the rat race and be financially free. So the whole point of the game was to get your passive income above your expenses. So that's that's the only point of the game, passive income above expenses. You can pay down all your expenses and debts the most you can, so you need very little cash flow or yeah, very little passive income. Mm-hmm. Or you cannot care about your expenses and rack up passive income so that you can live a higher quality of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cuz I think almost every time we've played now, I just stopped paying off my debts cuz I was like I I can make more money if I buy this rental property. Versus if I pay down my debts. Yeah, we've, I mean, we've tried it. We've tried a lot of different scenarios in the game to see which one's best. And as just awful as it sounds, and this goes against everything Dave Ramsey believes in, is buy more cash flowing properties and don't pay off debts. (laughs) I don't agree with that either. I think. I think if you have debts like credit cards, debts like a car loan, 
things like that. I believe in getting rid of student loans. Get rid of those debts. You don't want those debts. I think high interest debts. High interest debts. Get rid of all that junk. Because like right now, my student loans are still at 0% and they're going to be for the rest of the year. So there is no point to pay those off any faster than I am. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So yeah, I mean, yeah, things like that. But high things that are high interest, get rid of that. But then again... If you can if you can have a car loan and you're good at investing and you can make more money by utilizing that money you'd buy a car with, you know, so you're going to pay say for the life of a loan you're going to pay $2000 in interest on a car. Say you can take that money you'd pay that car outright with and you can get a cash flowing property or you can invest that in a way to make more money than that $2000 that you'll save by not having interest. Do that. Mhm. Yeah, it's kind of like a you got to try things out to see what works for you. Because, I mean, what we're saying works for us. But we're not saying it works for everyone. Right. And, like, the His and Her Money podcast, they their best path was to pay off all their debts. Mm-hmm. So they could do what they wanted to do. Absolutely. They didn't ever have to stress about something. Right. Yep. But, like, for you and I right now, it's not our best path to pay off all of our debts. Like, we would rather take that money to invest it into other things to get us passive income. Yeah, we have such super low interest rates that it doesn't, and and our our qual our standard of living is so minuscule mm-hmm. that it doesn't matter. Mm-mm. I honestly don't know when the last time I spent my whole weekly spending budget was. It, I don't. I've done it like twice. It's not often. No. But I mean, so the reason ours is at 60% and ours isn't at like 40%, like we, we would put it, we would actually put it around 30% mm-hmm. for our spending money, um, is we're getting married. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're also paying off some of Sam's student loans. Um, so we're saving slash spending. We put it at 60% instead of like 30% to budget for the wedding. Pretty much. Yeah, to pay all that off. Yeah, our goal is probably to have, what, 80, 90% of the wedding paid off by the time it happens? Yeah, yeah. Which is in about a year. Yeah. So that's that's why ours is there. Otherwise, ours, realistically, in like a year, after the wedding in a year, we're going to put that down to probably 35%, 40%, and bring that down drastically. And so that'll just open up an extra, we'll probably do like an extra 10 to 15% for investing and an extra 10%. Uh, for fun. Mm-hmm, for yep. sure. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so it's a give and take kind of game. And you just have to sit down by yourself or with your... If you have a significant other, definitely do it with them. Because if you can't do finances together, no offense to anyone out there, you shouldn't be together. If you can't trust them with your finances, I mean, how can you trust them? Right. Period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. because, I mean, we're getting married, so I don't plan on ever leaving you. I've always told you, if we right. get married, you're stuck with me for the rest of my life. Right. So. In like 20 years, we'll be divorced, and this podcast will be a lie. It will, but it won't. But hopefully that that won't happen, though. There's no hopefully. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. There you go. But, I mean, so I plan on being with you forever, so mm-hmm. why would we not just combine everything? Absolutely. It just makes sense. Mm-hmm. If you work together, and, and then you have an accountability partner. If mm-hmm. you work together, you can succeed. So a big, I mean, a big thing with budgeting financing that we haven't talked about is having an accountability partner. Mm-hmm. So, go ahead. I love this because 
for the longest time in Minor John's relationship, he would always want to buy vehicles is general the the general thing you would buy all the time. And he would always ask me if he should get it or not. And I would always tell him, well, it's your money. You can spend it how you want. But now, ever since we got engaged, he keeps telling me that now it's our money. So now we have to make a decision. I gotta say, it's going well so far. I'm fiending to buy another car. You already have plans to buy one. And we're in the process of buying your Corvette. I know. <laughs> He's addicted. But so now it's nice because he can't just go buy stuff without talking to me about it. I have an accountability partner now. Pretty much. Who won't allow it. I mean, so that is huge on just your day-to-day budget to have someone, whether it's your partner or if you don't have a partner, a friend, a family member, Somebody that will make sure you're actually staying true to what you set. Mm -hmm. So. And now your 10% is now what's going to go to buying cars. Right. Yeah. My fun money. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, that's more for vacation. So I'm going to just do a lot of odd and ends jobs and do handyman work because that's going to get me my next car. So that's how you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. This is news to me. Mm hmm. I've been, I had this plan in the back of my mind for a while. I've been waiting for this podcast to just tell me about it. No, I was just waiting to buy a car to tell you about it. And then you go, how'd you do that? And I'd be like, bam. Yeah. It, I, this whole, uh, uh, what is it? Giving or asking forgiveness. Ask for forgiveness, not permission. Yeah. You can't do that when you have a partnership. Always ask permission first. There you go. Mm-hmm. Teaching them some good life skills out there. Absolutely. Well, do you have anything else for finances, Sean? Um, I mean, we could make this a part, a two-parter podcast. Yeah, let's do life. two-parters. My favorite conversation to talk about is finances. So we'll do a quick recap. Set up a budget. Um, write it down. List out all your bills. Mm-hmm. And then set up a percentage. You want to, if you're not saving... At least 10% for fun and 10% for investing, you really got to relook at what you're doing. You have to change your quality of life. You have to get a higher paying job. You have to add add a roommate. You have to do something Mm -hmm. to get those up because if you're not investing in yourself, if you're not working towards your money working for you, you're going to be stuck in the rat race the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So start there. Get a list out, set up your percentages of where your money is going to go as soon as your check hits your bank account. The hour it hits your bank account, you are putting those funds into their separate accounts. That main account has no money in it. I have a few bucks in my main checking account because I take everything out of that account because I have an account that pays bills. I have a savings account for my investing and I have a savings account for my fun. Mm -hmm. Nothing stays in that main account that you get your money in because if it does, then you're just going to spend it. You're going to spend it. Stupid stuff. Mm -hmm. Get that set up, transfer that money right away and then start working towards financial freedom. Mm -hmm. Get investments. I mean, it's easy as 
putting $100 in the stock market. Yeah, I mean, find stocks that pay out dividends. Look to see how they have performed over the long term. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the one stock we have, if I continue to receive over a 5% return quarterly on that, well, that's a pretty good investment for me. My money's just sitting there. I'm not working for that. I just get 5% of whatever I invested. Last quarter, it was 10%. I think their earning calls are coming out here in a few weeks. So, I mean, hopefully it's another good quarter. Mm -hmm. So, and then lastly, get an accountability partner, Mm -hmm. someone to hold you accountable. Make sure you're actually following your budget. And if your accountability partner isn't following a budget, maybe get them to do one with you. And make sure it's someone you can like talk to and not afraid to talk to them. Because if you can't tell them, I mean, almost everything. So if you can't be truthful about how much you're in debt or what your kind of expenses are, then they're not going to be helpful. Yeah, you want to be you want to have an accountability partner who you can 100 percent confide in Mm -hmm. financially wise. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's a big one. Yeah, it is. Well, I think that's all we have for this one. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this Talk About Finances. Uh, Find us on our blog at tutorsoflife.com. Thanks, everybody, and we'll catch you next time. See ya. See ya.